Hello, friends, and welcome to Stories from the Tool Shed. My name's Stephen. And my name's Tim. And we're excited to journey with you through the Spiritual Authority Cohort. Let's get it! Hey, cohorts. We are here again for another episode of Stories from the Tool Shed. Tim and I are having some awesome conversations, and we are excited to invite you into our next conversation on physical healing. Hey, tune in for this next episode as we started up in our conversation. So we are actually just hearing so many testimonies from you guys, uh, from the cohorts. They're actually continually coming in, which has been really awesome. Um, Tim and I have had some great conversations about this topic, and I I don't know if you feel this way. Tim, I'd love to hear from you too, but um, I know when I first heard about physical healing, it felt like this otherworldly kind of thing. Um, Could it be a part of my life, right? Like, this is what you read in the stories in, in the Bible. This is what you hear about missionaries overseas, but not here. Absolutely. And, uh, totally. Was that, yeah, what was your experience with this? Kind of like before hearing about physical healing, like where, where'd you start on this, Tim? Yeah, I think it's so interesting because you certainly hear all the Bible stories and you know them all. You've heard them all 10 times and it's just part of what Jesus did, but it becomes more or less unrelatable because it's outside of anything you've experienced in your context. Definitely. Uh, in the West, at least where I live, everything you know regarding healing is just what the body does on its own or what Band-Aids and Neosporin is for. And for big stuff, you go to the hospital and they stitch you up and you know perform whatever surgical procedure uh, to help fix you and get you back to whatever version of uh, <laughs> remediated in uh, 100% looks like. So that was kind of my it's context. True. It was like, you know, you know, God uses uh, modern medicine to save and heal people. Uh, he doesn't have yep. to do it anymore. And, you know, whereas I, I, I believed and had space for it in my life, just because I hadn't seen anything happen through prayer I was not in the habit of praying for that in in any sort of powerful kind of way. It was like, God, heal them if you want to, was about the strength of those prayers and about how much I expected. It was, you know, it was kind of this God's will meets my feeble attempt at trying to, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, get into whatever God was doing. And, 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 And then my belief was pretty sparse. Yeah. You know, and I no, I think that's all of our experience, especially if we haven't um, been raised around this, um, been taught this. And, uh, you know, Tim and I have kind of put our heads together. Like, we could go so many different directions with this. Um, if you've been following us with Stories from the Toolshed, you know, we've done interviews. And so we just thought we'd kind of like just kick back a little, kind of casually talk about physical healing as casual as we can on that. Totally. And, uh, and introduce you into the conversation. Um, so, Tim, let's go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, way back to cohorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about this a little kind of before on the Zoom call. Um, but let's let's go back to you're in the room. You're where our listeners are in the cohorts. First time, maybe, he, you know, hearing about physical healing or spiritual authority, right, in, in this area of spiritual authority. What was that like? 
kind of what did you bring into the room of expectation, uh, views of healing, and and how has that changed? So kind of whatever you want to share, but would love to hear, you know, and I think it's good for our listeners to hear some of your story of how you were in the room that night of physical healing. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think the context for me starts with, of course, what I, what I just shared, just sort of like the the position of starting in just not seeing it prevalent every day, but I did believe in it. I'd always, you know, traveled to Mexico on mission trips and, had, you know, drilled a couple wells and had done a few things with the company I work for in kind of more third world um, areas. And, you know, I had belief that all the stories I would hear would come from these far reaching places. And I would say where I came into the cohort conversation was probably the last uh, healing sort of uh, dive I tried to do, which was in uh, this place called the City of God, which is a slum in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And we were there doing a service mm-hmm. project, building an orphanage and uh, a classroom where people could learn to speak English and uh, as well as community center type of a thing. And I'm there and I'm, you know, I'm feeling that travel bug and we're in this church service and this pastor um, basically calls for healing. And I was like, this is it. This is good. (laughs) This is the time I'm in the place. This is where this stuff happens. I feel sick. I believe I have faith. I'm going to go for it. So (laughs) I walk up up to the front of this room and... um, uh, this guy starts praying for me, puts his hand on my head, and I'm like, okay, this is this 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 weird. This is like cool weird, and so <laughs> so he starts pushing me backwards, mm. uh, like my feet are locked kind of on the ground where I'm supposed to be standing, and he starts pushing my head backwards, and I'm like, this guy's trying to make me fall over, uh, oh, like no. while praying for me. And uh, luckily, I was, I'm pretty flexible. I never hit the ground, um, but it looked like I was doing the limbo in the front of this church service. And I was like, no way is this <laughs> happening right now. So I'm oh, like no. trying to manage people's expectations. I'm trying to manage my own expectations. And I end up leaving this church service, uh, still mm. feeling sick and under the weather, only now I have a sore neck as well. And so <laughs> uh, Q month four of the cohort... Uh, my first time, and, uh, and and I think healing is one of the reasons why I put power so low on my um, in the word deed power component when we did that month one. You know, I put power. which is actually pretty normal too, Tim. Yeah, like that was that was my experience too. I think it's a lot of people's experience. Yeah, I, I put it low, and it's it was because of moments like that, or it was because of not seeing anything, or it's because of you know TBN and just feeling like that's so outside of what feels normal to me that it I just don't have a place to put it. Um, sure. And so you know, it's kind of like month four. I'm sitting there, and there's this guy. There's this guy named Stephen Castello, um, who is presenting this topic. In a way, and in a in a way that seems so authentic and genuine and normal, that I couldn't help but feel relatable. Like it was relatable, was approachable, was in the stories that I was hearing were from like the previous week in Anaheim, mm-hmm. and in the way you presented it was in su- it was just like this guy's funny, this guy's engaging. Like this doesn't seem like it's in some you know out mm-hmm. there place. And 
you know, I've seen fruit from the previous few months and doing homework and doing the labs and exercises and I'm hearing God speak. And it, it so I was leaning in and I think it just, it, you know, it became this deal where I'm all of a sudden I'm praying for a guy's knee who's next to me. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, I feel something. And, and I'm just like, wow, wow, this is, this is incredible. And I just wow. didn't really have a place for it. Mm. Man, I remember that night and uh, I remember meeting some of the people in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, and it, as your as our listeners are just calling in, like you've had different people. I know the Randalls have taught and Darren taught in different areas. And then I got to be with our Pacific Northwest group again. Um, but I, you know, I think I'm not only amazed at your story, uh, I'm humbled by you know, how God moves. Like, He is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Like, He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, but I'm also, I think I'm amazed that my expectation, and, I, and I'd and i love to hear this too, like, for your story as a father, as a builder, you know, we shared that at the beginning of our intro episode, but um, I'm amazed that God still moves in healing today. And, uh, and it's not dependent on my faith. It's really dependent on the character of God. And I think that's been something that's changed over the years for me. And just like you and maybe other people relate to you, I've had that story. It wasn't in Brazil, but I've had that experience. It's like, ah, oh, this, this doesn't t- like taste right. It feels like weird. And why has it got to be sensational? Or And then I would just go back to the parables. I would go back to the commands of Jesus, you know, and he says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I'm like, wait, like some of those commandments were radical things. Mm, like, totally. did he really mean that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, did he? And so I, I would just like devour the word because I wanted to know, like, how can I be more like Jesus? How can I be more formed in his likeness? And become like him in my day to day life, and yeah, I mean, so that that's that's a little of our story. But Tim, I'd love to hear from you, man. You know, you you go in the beginning, you're joining the cohorts. You're like, is this another Brazil thing, right? <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of it, right, you've got a couple years now. This has become more normal. Healing is more normal. It's part of your discipleship. But how has that changed you as a father? Um, how has that changed you in your daily life and expectation, not only as a father, but as your family? Like what, what's that yeah. like? Yeah, that, yeah, that's good. It's so funny because when you start out with the cohort and the homework, it's all looking outside of outside at strangers, right? And this like fear of uh, expectation and what are they going to think of me and all that. And I think through that and seeing success in that and praying for people and seeing breakthrough as well as um, both unexpected and expected healing and not healing, um, always something great happens. What I think for my wife and I, what Leslie and I have found is that it's just kind of a different way of life. Um, And I want to say it it feels a bit like uh, in some ways kind of like duty. Um, and then when you're outside, hmm. it feels a lot more like compassion. So when I'm with hmm. my family, it's, it's this, you know, uh, we've got little kids and they get hurt all the time. So for them, it's, it's, it's not an anomaly for us to say, let's pray for you. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if, 
if I'm under the weather or if my wife has a headache or, or whatever the case may be, we'll just ask our kids to pray with us for, you wow. know, will you pray for mama? She's got a headache um, and she, but, she wouldn't want and one. And that's, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, that's, that's new, right? Yeah. Like that's not, that's not a normal expectation, right? No, like from the past? No. So the past would be like, you know, if whatever, if, if, if someone has an ache, pain, headache, whatever, it's the, well, have you taken any Tylenol yet? Partially yeah, because sure. I, I don't want to hear any complaining if you've not done anything about it, right? Um, <laughs> so, you know, not to be like raw or oversimplified, but but now it's sort of like, you know, hey, uh, you know, ask my daughter, Do, will, you, will you pray for mama? Her head hurts. And, and we have seen mm. migraines lift through the prayer of a four-year-old. Um, wow. And we have seen, you know, kid like, you know, my son who is like pretty much invincible, um, like fall down, start crying in the yard and can barely move his leg to, you know, praying for him. Cause I'm like, you never get hurt. <laughs> like you're the kid hmm. that never gets hurt. And so if you're crying and limping, it must be bad. Pray for him. And he just starts walking normal, never says another thing about it. And, wow. you know, it, it, and so it's like, I'd say our expectation is just like, you know, God wants to heal and he wants to see us partner in that. And I would much rather reach up to the God who created me and is the God that heals, then reach up into the medicine cabinet first thing. And so that's where yeah. we start, um, you know, more often than not. And, you know, and what it's, it's not, it's not for everything, but we're praying while we're on the way to the ER, uh, just as totally. much as, 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 as probably as anyone else, but it's just this, it's this new habit of going to God first, um, for things that are physical and in our bodies where we know that he can make a difference. And because we've seen things, we've seen, you know, he headaches and limps and cuts and, you know, our son, um, even big things like a doctor says he needs to go see a specialist for something going on in his ears. We show up for yeah. the specialist and this after praying for him and the specialist says, which ear was it? I don't see anything in any ears, you know? Uh -huh. And so we've seen things happen that are, pretty spectacular. And our old habit was not to do anything. It's just, you know, go from worrying about one thing to worrying about another. Um, and it's like God is in the background. So, yeah, I think, wow. you know, it's it's been a really, really cool journey. And and, and for us, our ki for our kids, I'd say this is just a normal part of life. Now they just pray. They just pray wow. for each other. They'll pray for us. If I'm not feeling great, they just pray. Um, it's not mm. something you have to ask for. You know, part of me thinks of Jesus encouraging us to have the faith of a child. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just uh, like utter dependence. Mm -hmm. Like, God, I'm so dependent on you. I'm not uh, dependent on anything else, right? And I, I don't want to make this clear. We're not, we're not making any statement about medicine, like healing is all the time. No, God uses medicine like... He does. He's given us wisdom to even create that and to use that. But I think you're challenging us by your story, Tim, of saying, where's our dependence? Mm -hmm. um, is our dependence on the Lord? Do we have expectation that God can move in healing and that He is the healer? Mm. Do we even think about that? Mm -hmm. And so, I, yeah, I'm just grateful for you even just saying that because it's reminding me of my own expectation of my life. Yeah. Well, let me ask you on uh, on the compassion piece, right? So when you're praying for others, when and how and how do you know who to pray for? Uh, because it, it, 
when you're looking for, this is what I found, when you're looking for someone with a physical need that needs, it's like you see it everywhere. Like when you totally. fixate your mind on like, you know, some physical condition to pray for, it's it's everywhere. Do you feel called to pray for everyone? And how do you mm. how do you sense who God is calling you to pray for? Mm. Yeah, I mean, man, I got to think about this as you're saying it. You know, I'm thinking of different stories of, you know, times when I have been led by compassion and I felt God's heart for someone to feel like I need to pray for them. I feel God's heart. Uh, and there's been times that they were healed and then times that they weren't. Uh, I've had other times where I'm like, man, I'm just going into Starbucks or I'm going into the gas station and I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I'm just going in, I'm, I'm going to go about my business and I feel this sense like, wait, God, this is an invitation. There's a kingdom assignment here. And I'm like, no, no, God, like I'm busy right now, right? And I have no faith. And that inclination just immediately happens. And I'm like, I pray for that and God shows up. And I don't have the faith. I don't have the compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, I don't think it's a formula. I think it's and I'm I'm learning this. I'm walking this day to day in my discipleship of Christ. Is like, I just want to be tuned in to what are you doing here, God? What are you doing? I think you said it a minute ago in a different way, but what are you doing with my family? Uh, what are you doing in the in between of meetings? What are you doing in the mundane or in the times where I really am asking you? And I, I think. I have been unaware at times to even ask the Lord that question. Hmm. Um, I'm busy, fill in the blank, whatever that is. Like, and so I, I think it's being at a place first to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm in Starbucks, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Lord, what are you doing in here? Hmm. Is there anyone that you want to lead me to by compassion? And just asking that question, it's almost as if like, it attunes my heart to the heart of the Lord. Mm. Um, so I, I think it's awareness. I think it's expectation. And I think it's risk. Um, you know, I, it's a comical thing, but we'll say sometimes, like, and this is from a, a pastor in California years ago, but he would say, faith is spared, spelled R-I-S-K. Mm. I thought, man, that's good because... Mm. You know, and, and I, I've seen this too with some people. Some people will say like, um, you know, I'll believe in healing when I experience healing. And, sure. and I think, man, is that really faith? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is faith getting the miracle, getting the thing, and then saying, okay, God, now I'll trust you. Or is faith, I don't see it. It's the it's substance we can't see in the unseen. And believing God in who He is and saying, God, I'm going to move towards you even though I can't see healing, breakthrough, whatever that is. Um, So I think that's what it is. I think it's just being attuned, asking God to lead us to others by compassion, and being aware of what is God doing in my day-to-day part of my life. Yeah, and I I mean, I love that you said there's no formula because, you know, as you read the Gospels, it's... It's almost anyone and everyone for any reason, and it might not even be up to you, you know, friends lowering a guy through a roof, right? It's, you know, totally. it's, uh, 
the person who comes up to Jesus, who comes to Jesus and asks, the person who comes behind Jesus and just touches the hem of his garment, who's healed. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's Tim, like think about think about them lowering. I mean, imagine this: they're lowering their friend down. I mean, if you've seen the chosen, it's automatically popping in your head Absolutely. right now, right? Yeah. So they're lowering their friend down, and they have no word. They have no clarity. They've only heard stories. That this man raises the dead and he heals the sick. They've only heard stories. Yeah. And they put their faith in a man that they have not tangibly seen the fruit of the testimonies that they've seen, that they've heard of, excuse me. They lower their friend down and they are, if there's faith that's spelled R-A-S-K, it's in that moment. 100%. And they lower him down, and they have every right to think in that moment, what if he doesn't get healed? But they're dependent. Mm -hmm. And Jesus heals this man, pick up your mat. And he tells him this, and he heals him. And now Jesus is glorified. The friends see the fruit of their faith, and and God is shown to be the healer. And so I'm just thinking of this like, Man, Lord, give us dependence, give us faith, give us risk to actually believe you at your word, right? Like that you will do what you say you do and give us faith past what we've seen to trust you at your word. Mm. Um, Yeah. Okay, so um, big question. What happens when people don't get healed? Why don't people get healed? Yeah, why? I mean, why do people don't, you know, they don't get healed? Why, you know, I like to put this in a different context too. Like why, why when we preach the gospel, do do people not always get saved? Um, You know, I think about that sometimes as evangelicals, like, you know, when we preach the gospel, do we stop when people don't say yes to the gospel? No, we keep going. We, Mm. we keep preaching. We keep living the gospel. Mm, And I think it's the same with healing. Um, we have to keep praying. Um, we have to keep following God at His Word. And so, what do you do when people don't get healed? Because that will happen. I mean, I could tell you the stories, as you've probably heard from all the presenters of, you know, my personal story, sitting in the room with my grandfather and praying that God would raise him up hmm. to life, and nothing happened. I stayed all night. I, I fasted and and I, I think the thing that I have to guard my heart, I think as believers we have to guard our heart, is not changing the character of God, um, that He has changed. He has been unfaithful because He is faithful, hmm. no matter what we've seen or not. That's probably what the the two um, sisters and friends, excuse me, I think a sisters in the Scripture thought of Lazarus. Hmm. They're like, where where have you been? Yeah. You know, it's it's the heartache. And so I think one, it's staying in the character of God that He's good, that He's the healer, He does not change. Um, but two, it's wrestling with healing doesn't happen every time. And so what do you do? You know, I, I think of a story I was in Kroger, uh, the best place to pray for the sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, we're in we're in this line and I'm I'm just kind of like walking out of the aisles, going to the line, there's a woman pray for her, felt led by compassion. And as I'm praying for her, I just said, hey, can I pray for, you know, this illness that was very apparent? She said, yes, we pray and nothing happens. And I'm like, I'm thinking in the moment, oh my goodness, like, what do I do now? 
And she looks up at me with tears in her eyes and she says, the fact that you believe that God heals has changed my life. And I'm like, whoa, no, like that's, that's not what I thought was going to happen. But it was the faith that she saw that touched her life. Yeah. And I think when we pray for healing, it's not about results. Because if we're in it for results, I, you know, I'm thinking of Bill, Bill Randall that wrote this teaching. If it's just for results, we're not going to go very far. It's about obedience. It's about following God and the things that he's commanded us to do to pray for the sick. And, uh, and so we don't do it for the results. And then two, I would say this, Tim is that in that place when people don't get healed, we're embodying the love and the compassion of God. And so it's more about who we're representing than what happens. Yeah. And so I'm always thinking at that moment, how am I embodying the love of Christ in this moment? And so I, I sit with people and, and minister to them um, when it doesn't happen. I, I, I sit with them and I explain you know, in that moment that, not ev- not healing it doesn't happen every time um but i tell them my i tell my testimony of how i was healed of epilepsy um i share about the goodness of god and i i sit with them in that moment of the the mystery and and just minister to them as another you know person that carries the image of god mm. well i have a story too and one of the things that i love um it it feels a bit like a uh creative expression a little bit is, you know, when what you expect doesn't happen, uh, it's actually trying to figure out, well, what did happen? And um, yeah. I'll, I'll probably butcher the phrase because that's what usually happens. But could you, would you mind saying the, uh, this is what happens, you know, something happens every time, say that phrase, because I butcher it every time I try to say it. Yeah. So something, something happens every time when we pray, right? So if we call in the name of the Lord, he's, he's going to come. Yeah. And then also, sometimes everything happens. Yeah. yeah. Right. So totally. Well, so so in this story, it's it's my wife. It's actually not even necessarily my story to tell, but I love to tell it. Uh, my wife <laughs> was um, trying to do her homework, and our our next door neighbor is a very gruff seventy uh, something year old man who you know is one of those characters that could easily just be on deadliest catch, um, and he. <laughs> You know, she she saw him earlier in the day and thought, you know, he's been having some health problems. I want I should probably pray for him. And she's like, yeah, no, no, it's probably probably Tim. Pro- probably Tim's probably Tim's going to be the one who has to pray for Bob. Um, and, <laughs> and sure enough, she comes home from running an errand with the kids, and 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 Bob is literally in our driveway, uh, stopped. Uh, and so she wow. rolls down his window. He walks up, and the first thing out of his mouth is um explicatives uh along with my thumb hurts so bad and she's you know Hmm. uh poor thing uh is just like oh this is the this is that moment that they warned me about so she's like well can i pray for you and Hmm. uh and he says yes and she hops out of the car and he's like oh you mean right now um so she prays (laughs) for his hand and and literally nothing happens. Um, nothing happens at all. Uh, in fact, and you know, go about their day. Leslie goes home, tells me about it. Is you know, kind of cracking up in that like, oh, you'll never believe what God asked me to do today. Uh, kind of <laughs> kind of voices, and we laughed about it. And what happened after that? Right. So 
to make a long story short is in that moment, something changed in Bob that wasn't his finger getting healed. It was something changed in his heart. And he began driving down our driveway once every few weeks just to check on Leslie and the kids and say hi. Um, Mm. And a relationship started to get formed there that didn't exist before that prayer. And, you know, friendship started to create, create, and Bob has since passed away. And because of that moment, in a way, we earned the right to be present in his room uh, in his final days to get a chance to pray with him uh, in the hospital. And, um, and, and through that, he also got to let us know a few other things about his life and his relationships with his kids and stuff. And they weren't super close, but he told us how much he loved them. And so Bob's mm. passed away, and we have a chance to now meet his kids and um, share with them what their father said about them to us. Mm. Uh, and, it, it, and it led to further healing for his family. So that's why I just say it's like you never really know what God is doing. And for me, that's my favorite example of God is doing something so, so much bigger than just, you know, a thumb getting healed, which is where our expectation lives. But what actually happened was so much bigger than that. And it affected many, many lives more than just that. And it was a simple, it is, it's that phrase, may I pray for you, that led to Which is the hardest thing to ask. 100%. It really is. It's it's the faith we're like putting ourselves out there, trusting God at His word, and I think that's the hardest question to ask. May I pray for you? Yeah, and I think you know, and I guess a question for you, Stephen, is like, what do you think is going through people's mind when, like, with that struggle? It's the hardest question to ask, and I think for me, well, for me, it's just like a one. It's it's how I'm going to look and how awkward this is going to be. Uh, so there's kind yeah. of fear of that, but it's also like, what is this gonna person gonna think if nothing happens? Like, how do you like? What would be your response to like? I'm concerned that no, this person's actually God's not gonna show up. I'm gonna do something wrong, and this person's gonna have a negative view of God and me forever. Um, yeah. Like, how do you manage that? Yeah, I love this question. So I flip the question. Okay. I say, what if he does show up? Mm. What would happen in Denny's, which I don't go to a lot, but what would happen in Denny's <laughs> if God showed up and he healed our waiter waitress? What would happen? Well, I, I imagine that around the room, there would be all of these people wondering, wait, what just happened? Mm. I imagine there would be all these people that would look at us like, Wait, did you just pray for her and then now she's better? Um, What would happen to her faith or his faith if God healed them? What would happen to their family? And and so I flip the question because I want to start from a place of faith. Mm. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I want to start in that place, full of faith and full of the things of God. But... To answer your question, I think starting in that place is I'm saying, okay, Lord, what do you what do you want to do, right? Like, what do you want to do in this moment? As I I'm gonna feel awkward. Well, that's probably some fear, man, in me, mm-hmm. right? Like, I what if I have a belief that these results are dependent on how well I do it? Um, what if I say the wrong words? Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I just don't think I could even do that. Like. 
And so I, I'm in that place of dependence again of like, I can't do this right. I can't do this perfectly, but I'm just going to take a step of faith. Um, I remember I was, we were in Anaheim and this, we've, you know, moved now, um, and we were in this prayer meeting and I don't, I don't think I've shared this story, but, uh, in this prayer meeting, it was a really boring prayer meeting, if I'm being (laughs) honest. Um, and I don't know if you ever have one of those, but, and and someone came up to me and just, (laughs) someone came up to me and just tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, Omar's outside. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, okay, great. And, you know, and they're like, no, 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 Omar's outside and he wants you to pray for him. I was like, for, for what? Now, the backstory is Omar's our local drug dealer. And, um, and I'm like, oh, okay. And he's, he's Muslim and I, I don't know how that all works out. But um, <laughs> I love So it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we, we walk outside. The short version is Omar's just hurt his knee. And he's got this big bubble on his knee. He can't bend his knee. And I'm like, Omar, what's up, man? He's like, Steve, pray for me. And he kind of sounds like a caveman. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. And, and we just prayed right there and nothing happens. And I, you know, I've just learned more in the character of God than in the results I've seen. And so I'm like, I just trust in the character of God. I'm going to ask him again. Omar, can I pray for you again? He's like, yes, pray. And, and so we pray again, and Omar starts bending his knee, and he starts walking, and he says, I love you guys, and he, he gives me this big hug, and it immediately started our friendship, and you know, you just shared a story of like, something happens every time, but then there's sometimes where everything happens in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just want to share those stories that not just to have faith for, oh, God will do something else. But also faith that when we pray for things, they will happen. And God does both. And and so I, I just want to encourage us as much as, you know, sharing this testimony is increasing my faith of it's not about us. It's about Christ. It's about His ministry continuing. And it's about our obedience in trusting Him that He says, go and make disciples. Teach them everything I've commanded you. And part of that obedience and discipleship is praying for the sick. I mean, so so much so, Tim, that it would be an expectation of the first church to get together to, to let the elders anoint those that are sick and to pray for healing. Um, so much so that the apostles were known for praying for healing. And generations, if you start looking throughout church history, you see the same belief passed down over and over and over again of praying for the sick, seeing healing, and the gospel being proclaimed and demonstrated. Mm, I love that. That's so good. Well, maybe uh, while we wrap it up um, for today, maybe drive home the point, right? Spiritual authority cohort, stories from the tool shed, the tool, the healing prayer model tool. Maybe tell us a little bit about where our spiritual authority lies in this um, as we go here. And maybe just define the tool one more time. Uh, so that people can get some reps in, get some practice in, and, and see some transformation happen, or at least uh, get to share, you'll never believe what God asked me to do today, stories yeah. uh, with their spouses and friends. But you drive that point yeah. home for us? Yeah, I mean, just lastly, 
healing is something that Jesus has paid for. And and so healing is for all of us. It's for the church. It's for the world. Um, God has given us faith in Christ to pray for the sick and to see the sick made well. And it's not in our power, but it's in His finished works. And so I, I just want to encourage us as we step into this prayer tool of spiritual authority that it has nothing to do with us, just like every other prayer tool. It has everything to do with who God is as Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. It has everything to do with the wounded healer that we call Lord, mm. that by His wounds and His stripes we have been healed. Mm. And that he has paid for it all. And so I just want to encourage us as we end this podcast to pray for the sick in the faith of Christ and his finished works. Mm. Um, To pray for the sick in obedience to what Christ has commanded us to do. And to pray for the sick in faith by the Holy Spirit that he has given us freely. And so I just want to bless us in the cohorts to take steps of faith and risk, R-I-S-K, and trusting God that He'll meet us in the gap of compassion, of risk, and of faith, and that it actually is a part of us following Christ. I love that. Well, thanks so much, Stephen, for for that and for uh, helping to just lead this discussion. Uh, I wanted to just let everybody know, so we're going to have a bonus uh, episode um, of the podcast probably in the next couple weeks here as we sift through all of these testimonies uh, from people who have experienced healing from around the country. So uh, we hope to put together just a uh, Give Glory to God podcast where we can just hear one after another story of just transformation as God has touched people's bodies through uh, just the last few weeks, um, stories keep pouring in. And so as you listen to this, and if that's been something that you have had or experienced uh, in your own body or as a prayer in someone else's, we would love to hear those stories. And we look forward to collecting them and then putting that out so all of you can be encouraged. Uh, and we hope that that's fuel um, for uh, faith spelled R-I-S-K. Um, as uh, you guys reach out into your neighborhoods and spheres and families and neighbors and all of the people around us that um, need healing in some way or another. So uh, we just thank you guys. And I just want to ask Stephen, would you mind uh, just praying a blessing over us as we leave? Yeah. Lord, we thank you that you have paid for healing. We thank you that we live in between, uh, in the gap between you coming and you will come again. Mm. And uh, so I I just want to bless us in the in-between of that kingdom that we would trust in the Lord with all of our heart. I bless us as the cohorts to take steps of faith in dependency just like a child. Uh, I I bless you with uh, faith like a child that steps out and trusts in your Father. And I want to bless you with faith to pray for people that you wouldn't easily want to pray for, but Mm -hmm. that the Lord would lead you by compassion to those around you. So Jesus, over this cohort and over this podcast, we ask for greater faith. We thank you for healing, and we thank you for what you've done for us and the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
If you have an encouraging story, we would love to hear it. Email us at cohort.stories at novo.org.